Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Hey, this is Annie, and you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. Today, we are joined by a co-worker of mine and a general badass, Miranda. Hello. Hello, Miranda. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So just so everyone has a bit of background on me, I, uh, I've been in Atlanta for a number of years. I was a reporter with WABE for a couple of those years, and then I did a short stint on City Lights as a producer. So if you know Lois Freitzis, that's who I worked with. <laughs> like everyone in Atlanta is nodding their head. Everyone in Atlanta. Um, and I learned that. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but now I work here at How Stuff Works, and I am one of the producers and editors for Monster. I'm on the second season talking about the Zodiac Killer, and I'll be working on the third season, which we should be starting up soon. Um, and just so everybody knows, I identify as a queer, femme, gay woman. So that's important because we are going to be talking about some LGBTQIA stuff today as well. Yeah, and I'm not sure I've ever said it on this show, but I am also queer, but I don't really date. So I feel weird, like, <laughs> saying it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm kind of just not, I'm just not there in the dating realm. <laughs> and that's totally okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm still kind of figuring things out. Um and this show has been great for that because we'll do episodes like we did an episode on a pansexual a while back. And I was like, huh. <laughs> anyway, I'm working on that. Yeah. No, that's actually funny just because I've only been out a couple years. So I'm still learning. And when I first came out, I was like, am I pansexual? And I went through that phase first. So, mm-hmm. 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 or not phase, but checked out with that identity, checked in with right, it. Right, right. I was, for a long time, I described myself as bisexual. And now, yeah, I'm. I'm working on it, listeners. <laughs> but we're going to be hearing from you, Miranda, in a couple of episodes because um, kind of housekeeping, I guess. We're just bringing in a lot of people to talk about things that they're passionate about. Um, and it's been really cool hearing from 
so many different voices. And uh, I'm really interested to get into one of the ideas that you pitched today. But first, a quick trigger warning. We're going to be digging into consent and rape culture. So if that's something that is triggering for you, you might want to skip this one. Um, And I would love if you could go into why you wanted to talk about this topic, which is no means no the first time consent. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. So I was actually having a conversation with an ex-coworker, and we were talking about media and how it perpetuates rape culture. And she brought up um, a couple very popular movies and how in them it was kind of this cat and mouse where uh, the woman would be like, no, but the other person wouldn't take that for an answer. They would continue to push until the woman said yes. It kind of clicked, and I was like, oh, my goodness, when we say no but we don't really mean it, it is a perpetuation of rape culture. And it, it just something I've been very passionate about and, like, paying attention to a lot of the media that I watch and listen to as well. So it's just become very, like, if we want to make those changes, we also have to say no and mean no the first time. Yeah, and there's a lot that goes into that, some of which we'll be talking about today, um, because it, for so long it has been sort of in our heteronormative dating script that, like, oh, no, um, but she really means yes. And we kind of talked about this on our yeah. in our stalking as romantic episode because it is everywhere in our media, like all kinds of media. Um, and if if you're looking for... More content on consent. We have done a lot, a lot of episodes around it because it is so important. But in this episode today, we're specifically looking at how it relates to dating and courtship behavior and what we see in our media. To start, I think it's generally helpful if you get a definition of consent, um, specifically sexual consent. From Merriam-Webster... Compliance in or approval of what is done or proposed by another, specifically the voluntary agreement or acquiescence by a person of age or within requisite mental capacity who is not under duress or coercion and usually who has knowledge or understanding. That's a mouthful. It is. (laughs) What a definition. Um, From Planned Parenthood. Consent means actively agreeing to be sexual with someone. Consent lets someone know that sex is wanted. Sexual activity without consent is rape or sexual assault. And it goes on to say this means every time for all sexual activity. So I I know we discussed in our episode around Rosemary's Baby, marital rape wasn't illegal in the United States until 1991. But it's, That blows my mind. I know that was not that long ago. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, but yes, every time for all sexual activity, not just sex, um, it has to be freely given, no pressure, no manipulation, no coercion, no drugs, no alcohol. It's reversible, which means you can change your mind at any time. Informed, you have all of the relevant information, condoms, birth control, things like that. Enthusiastic. Doing stuff that you actually want as opposed to what you think the other person wants or what you're expected to do. I think you can also chalk that up to performative sex. Right. Specific. Saying yes to one thing and no to another. There's a reason there are kinks out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Silence is not consent. What you're wearing is not consent. It should be clear. Um, And it can be hard to know some of this stuff when you're becoming sexually active for the first time. 
especially here in the U.S. where we have very little in the way of good sex education. So it's worth talking about these things before um, you engage in any activity, um, staying in touch with yourself and your body and communicating those things. Because I do think when you're first starting out, you're, you don't know. You're not really sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, ah, it makes me so angry that we get no sex ed here, really. Or, I mean, some places do. I definitely didn't. <laughs> no, not in the South, for sure. It's uh, just no. abstinence, which doesn't really work, y'all. <laughs> no, at all. no, no, no. I thought babies came from your belly button until I was 10. <laughs> I thought you could get pregnant by touching someone of the opposite sex. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, like, to be fair, like, back in, like, sixth grade at a private Christian school. So oh, Okay. <laughs> were you, like, walking around <laughs> we, we in, like, a box? <laughs> I did get in trouble for touching someone of the opposite sex. Oh, really? Yeah. And even after school events, you had to have books in between you. So they were very, like, no touching. Oh, my God. Yes, so it makes sense. Mm. (laughs) Kind of. I would have been in a constant state of paranoia. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, I guess in some ways I I did have better sex than that. (laughs) It's really bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, another important point. People who are drunk, high, incapacitated, passed out, or minors cannot consent. Yes, and I want to reinforce this because, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a small tangent, but a drunk person cannot give consent. And I feel like this is where a lot of victim blaming and shaming comes in because when people are really drunk, sometimes they might say yes or their body language says yes or they're like about it, but then they wake up the next day and they're like, that's not something I wanted to do at all. Mm -hmm. And although it's not the same, it's kind of like, when you're drunk and make plans with your friend, you're like, yeah, that sounds great. And the next day you're like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah so, um, but I feel like in that aspect, um, people are like, oh, that's victim shaming. Oh, you actually did want it. But no, you didn't. You can't give consent. And for those of you out there who are like, well, how do you know if someone's drunk? We all know when someone is drunk. And if you're asking that and you're also sitting there and you're drunk, the answer is always no. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea to just kind of remove sex from the table, (laughs) (laughs) the alcohol, sex, weigh it, uh, you know. Um, If if we go back to your story of what you were talking about earlier, why you want to talk about this, um, I'm sure a lot of us have experienced this whole thing of saying no, and then it's kind of seen as playing hard to get, shall we say. Um, There does seem to not only be a no means yes, but no is a flirting technique. And it only means no the second or the third or the tenth time. Um, But it can't possibly mean no the first time. That's not how this works. Yeah, I know growing up I uh, definitely thought no was like, oh, no, and it's really cute. And I'm like, no. (laughs) No, No. not cute. Yeah, and I know when someone tells me no, I'm immediately like, okay, back off. Um, And I I was telling you this before, but I had a a recent ex, and we were about to have sex, and she was like, no, I want to watch or listen to whatever song she wanted to listen to. So I was like, okay. And then I I realized, or she let me know, like, that was her being coy, and she didn't really mean stop. But I was turned off. I was like, no, you said no. Yeah. (laughs) That's a no. That's a hard one. Right. Mm. Yeah, and I, especially in my younger dating years, like college, I would witness a lot um, 
friends of mine kind of being like, oh, no, no, you know. It's a weird thing. It's almost like when you compliment someone. (laughs) This is so, like, barely related. But when you compliment someone and they're, like, happy, but they say, oh, this old thing. (laughs) Oh, I got this from the bargain bin. It it kind of gave me that similar vibe of, like— and I, I was somebody who went through that stage, too, of just being, because I I had internalized all this stuff that my value was my my looks, just being so flattered that anyone <laughs> would be like, oh, hi, you want to dance with me? No. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed about it, but I do think that is something yeah. that, as an adult, thank God, yes. I've gotten away from it. But I think that plays into a little bit what we're talking about today. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I try not to think about those years too too often. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, just to be clear, a lot of what we're talking about today isn't specifically about penetrative sex. Um, situations don't always escalate to rape. So I'm going to take a second and define sexual assault as defined by RAIN, which is, if you don't know, the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. Um, they define sexual assault as attempted rape, Fondling or unwanted sexual touching, forcing a victim to perform sexual acts, penetration of the victim's body, also called rape. Um, I do have a little bit of an issue that they're defining rape as penetrative sex, because not all sexes, but you get the idea. Um, But to boil it down, consent should be given for any and all physical touch. Uh, Grabbing people or simply touching them in general without their permission is still touching them without consent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And... We are going to be focusing on sort of this, like, in the, the realm of relationships. But it, it's also a lot of what we're saying, no means no the first time. You could put that in context of, like, this whole mess that's happening right now with the State of the Union. And Nancy Pelosi is like, no, Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's like, no, but come on, no, right? No, right? Wink. Oh, wow. And she's like, no. <laughs> I mean, no means no. And also, um, as a lot of listeners know, I um, am prone to cosplay at events that it is acceptable to cosplay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this is something that comes up a lot because the second you're in a character, you're dressed as a character that people love, then it seems that, and in some ways I understand, but you also have to remember this is still a human person, but it's almost like they're this character that you love and you just want to touch them and take pictures with them. You still have to ask. You still have to get consent. Yes. It's a whole conversation that's happening in that community right now. And that's actually something that um, I try to be very proactive with because I used to just take pictures of people. But now I try to, like, ask, is it okay if I take your picture? That means I hardly get any pictures. <laughs> I, that's, I'm okay with that. That's okay. okay with that. It's yeah. still very – I'm sure they appreciate it, though. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just polite. <laughs> it's just polite, Miranda. Okay. <laughs> And one other problem is a lot of articles that we both found about this were very heteronormative. And yes. this is the case for most episodes we do, unfortunately. Um, it is changing, but slowly, just science, good science takes a while. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, but consent is for everyone, and everyone needs to learn about it. Yeah, and because also in my research, I had a hard time finding articles, even reaching out to people within the community. Um, you get to hear personal anecdotes. Yeah. yeah. I love a good personal anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> and we will get into some of those personal anecdotes. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association member FDIC. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Okay, so one thing uh, we wanted to touch on here is something that we hear a lot of when this conversation comes up. Um, Annoying. But it kills the romance. You're killing flirtation, Miranda. Yeah, that's that's not flirtation. <laughs> exactly. That's what always bothered me is I'm like, that's only flirting for you. For me, this is a terrible thing that's happening. Yeah, no, this is uncomfortable now. Right, but... We've seen it happen over and over. Uh, again, Roman Polanski, who I know so much about now, um, he said that, like, the Me Too movement is killing romance. Those, all the women in France that signed that letter saying Me Too is killing romance. This is something that we hear a lot. And I don't understand. I guess I've just never thought that was fun. I don't know if there are women that do. I'm sure there are. Yeah. But 
Uh, not for me. No, not for me either. It's uh, actually the more that people ask or ask for consent, even little things like holding my hand or yeah. giving me a kiss or anything, I really like it. It actually is like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, because then you have to check in with yourself and be like, yeah, I would like that. Yeah. As opposed to like, whoa, oh, do I want to hold the hand? I don't know. Yeah, I've been I've been caught off guard. I uh I went to a birthday party last year and this woman was actively pursuing me and I wasn't sure about it and uh kind of hard when it's their birthday party. Yeah. And they uh just go in to kiss you and you get real weird and awkward and this is like this is not yeah. really what I wanted. Right. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. So it's not romantic to me. Thanks no. for the attention, but I didn't want it. <laughs> no, it was really fun um a while ago I was having a conversation with a lot of my male friends. And I was saying how I've never, ever thought the idea of a public uh, engagement was romantic. I hate it. I, I, I think that's terrifying. <laughs> it's like, so stressful. If, you, if we agree beforehand, okay. But if it's just like a surprise in public, we might break up right then and there. Because <laughs> you clearly don't know me very well. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm no. like the answer's no. I'm sorry. Like that's I don't like that. That's too much. Mm-mm. And it, it's seen as this romantic, great romantic thing, and everybody that sees it is on the side of the person proposing. Like say yes, say yes, which is part of the the whole problem here that we're gonna get into a bit more. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about consent. Yeah, we often hear that you'll break this romantic moment by getting consent um, or getting verbally rejected is too painful. So why even? Wow. Yeah, (laughs) I've heard that before. Uh, As a lot of us know, probably, this conversation around consent is especially crucial on college campuses. Some universities have moved from no means no campaigns to yes means yes campaigns. Advocates of this approach argue that it reframes sex more positively and puts the onus on the potential perpetrator as opposed to the potential victim. I say, (laughs) just listen to the other person, what they're saying. No means no, yes means yes, yes. Yeah. All of the above. LGBTQ is still left out of this. An account from a gay young man attending university put it this way. As a single gay male, the expectation is that you're always ready for it. For men, there's never a question of yes means yes because yes is always assumed to be the answer. And wow. I have heard that something similar to that from uh, male gay male friends of mine. Um, so that is something that we definitely need to be paying attention to as well. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah. And also like, I don't know if like lesbians or gay women, depending on how you identify, um, it's always kind of somewhat of the same thing. It's like, oh, because women are hypersexualized. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of different people who are hypersexualized, but especially it's like, oh, well, women specifically. So it's like, of course. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In October of 2018, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, conducted a survey on the student population about sexual assault, and the results were extremely telling. Of the participants, 5% of men and 15% of women reported experiencing sexual assault, assault defined as unwanted contact from touching to penetration that involved force or threats of incapacitation. Of those, quote, 72% said they didn't think it was serious enough to officially report, and 44% said they felt, quote, at least partly responsible for what happened. Overall, 25% of men and 15% of women agreed that a drunk person who is assaulted is at least somewhat responsible. And more than half of all students agreed 
that rape and sexual assault can happen unintentionally, especially if alcohol is involved. Oh, wow. And further, one-third of the students surveyed agreed that rape happens because men can get carried away in sexual situations once they've started. This is from a Global Mail report um, reporting on the survey, and all of this is very, very unsettling to me. So I have a really—I mean, I have an issue with all of that, but that last line— I feel like really toes that boys will be boys excuse. And Mm -hmm. that is extremely unsettling. The fact that people are saying, well, boys will be boys on both ends. I'm like, no, that's not how that works. No, like the idea that you get carried away. And what a way to put it. What? Let's. (laughs) (laughs) A little like. I got carried away and murdered that person. Yeah, right. I mean, I should just get a $400 fine and be let go. No big deal. (laughs) I don't don't even really need to go to prison or anything about it. I just got carried away. That's infuriating. (laughs) Yeah, it's really upsetting. And these are uh, smart, young, young people, men and women, saying saying this. And uh, again, when I, like I said, I had problematic ideas around dating and courtship. In college, too. Yes. So here's hoping that as better education and have we have these conversations, then we can move away from that mindset. But, ooh. Yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, another interesting point here, even though an estimated 9 out of 10 women who are raped are raped by someone they know, throughout most of the United States, rape is defined as an act that requires physical force. Or in other words... No means no isn't enough if you were to take it to court all of the time, which is, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. You can't see the look on my face right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. It's withering. (laughs) I was shrinking back a little bit from the microphone. It's not me, Miranda. I've changed things if I could. Um, This was the case in 2014. The American Law Institute started modifying the rape statute state legislature's Used as examples and models. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. What else is very, very problematic is this Marie Claire article called Five Reasons No Might Mean Yes. And it is as bad and probably worse as it sounds. Also want to say it's written by a man. (laughs) Um, But here are the reasons. Women say they don't like their boyfriends at first. Interesting. With examples like, I thought he was creepy at first, or he grew on me. I thought he was a loser. Okay, to be fair, I was engaged years ago. Okay. You thought he was creepy? No, I didn't think he was creepy. I didn't think he was creepy. I thought he was ugly. Oh. (laughs) Okay. But but that changed. Yeah, so he wasn't creepy, but his smile is why he stayed around. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't... Creepy? I don't know. No. I mean... There are a couple of things, points to be made here. One, if someone is like, I thought she was a loser, I'm not entirely sure that's a great basis for a, a relationship. It could be, but I, I don't no. think so. <laughs> and secondly, this to me is like every sitcom that was on TV, and maybe still is, I just don't watch that much TV anymore, of like the formulaic, beautiful thin woman who's smart and got a job and then like dopey guy who's like a little weird nerdy yeah and he's a yeah no definitely it's it's still a thing yeah it and and it always he grew on me as a great that's what happens a lot in those shows like he persists 
And eventually she's like, oh, all along, he was right here. <laughs> I knew there was a reason I don't like sitcoms. <laughs> yeah. There's a specific brand that I, I remember. It was like the same exact story, pretty much. Template mm-hmm. every time. Yeah, templatized, yeah. exactly. The second reason in this article, men love the thrill of the chase. And I'm going to include this whole paragraph because it's so mind-blowing to let's, me. Let's do it. We know that you know that we like the thrill of the chase. So if you're saying no, we tell ourselves that you're just playing hard to get. In fact, we may enjoy hearing no at first because it intensifies the challenge. It means you care enough to play hard to get. Those of us who can't take a hint or want to look at our failure in a positive light (laughs) might keep trying until we know we are officially rejected. It's sad when it turns out that no was indeed no. And not part of the game. <clears throat> I have a lot of looks. <laughs> yeah, you do. Oh, I mean, there's so much there. Oh, look at our failure in a positive light. <clears throat> yeah. It, this article is making it about him and not mm. taking at all into any consideration why the other person is saying no. Right. I do think it's pretty telling when he writes that um, that you might enjoy hearing no at first because it intensifies the challenge and means you care enough, you care enough to play hard to get because I do think there's that weird thing of you don't want a woman who's easy. Oh, like yeah. Because that means she says yes to a lot of men maybe and I don't want that. And <laughs> you're making another great face. I've mentioned before on this show and I swear I don't mean it to sound braggy but I get asked out a lot. <laughs> And I'm not interested in dating. Yeah. And a part of me thinks it's this. Like, there's this sense like, ooh, she's saying <laughs> no. She's saying no to a lot of people. It's a challenge. And I'm like, no, it's like literally no chance. I think by this article, we should just like have a stamp or something that just says officially rejected. And that way, you know, yes. off the bat, done. I like it. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, my my boyfriend at the time got me these cards printed out that said she's not flirting. She's just being nice because he got so annoyed that people, like he'd be standing right there. true that is another problem that I I would love to come back to but this whole thing where I'm just a conversational nice person I have that problem people think I'm flirt I'm not I'm really just being nice and taking an interest in another human being yeah it it almost makes me sad because it's like people listening to you that can't be anything else than she must be interested we must date I don't know yeah if it's so so much of an outlier that you're thinking Someone being nice to you shouldn't blur that line, y'all. That's no, like, that's it really shouldn't. No. All right, the third reason is we've been rewarded for campaigns. Quote, I've grown accustomed to overcoming obstacles such as early no's to get to where I want to be. So is this like, I've had a lot of freelancers or people who have risen in their industries and they mm. say that when they start out, they are a story I've heard is like they put the rejection letter on the wall and every time they get one, they put it on the wall until they get to where they're at. And they're like, look at all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't equate to dating. No. That is an interesting point though because in our culture, we do hear the story and I think it's very rare, but we hear the story a lot as if it happens all the time that like, 
I kept persisting until this company hired me. Like, they said no, and I went out and did this wild thing, and they were so impressed. And I guess you can kind of see that, too, of this, like, escalating. And we see it in movies, but we see it in real life of, like, she said no, but then I'll go get the flowers and the band, and then she'll have to say yes. (laughs) Boombox outside the window. No, call the police. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The fourth reason, no's and yes's aren't always solid in the beginning. And the fifth, we can turn an unsure no into a yes. Quote, so given the amount of times we have to convince, change minds, turn the tides, and overcome obstacles, we've learned that sometimes no can mean yes. Okay, this is just a really gross article. It's really bad. Yeah. I remember when I read it, I had a reaction of, is this a parody? Uh, Also, no, no means no, yes means yes. And if you're not sure, you can say maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah, I think maybes are vastly underused. That's true. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean keep pursuing, let them make up their mind. Right, right. It's not a game to be one. It's not a, you're not entering into a negotiation. No, because it's also viewing something as a prize. Yeah. And that's not what a healthy relationship should be. And I would hope that's what we're striving for is healthy relationships. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so I know, again, like, there's not a lot of information in the queer community, but I did find an account of um, of this woman who was a student at a Midwestern university. And she talks about getting sexually assaulted. Her and this other woman uh, were watching a movie on a couch, which is, you know, something people do who are dating. And the other woman uh, started to assault her, wanted to have sex. And um, the student said, you know, said no. And she tried to physically stop certain things. And and she just wasn't strong enough to overpower. And so, you know, that's like a clear no and someone's still not listening. But when she went to authorities, they didn't view it as an actual rape because it was another woman. And mm-hmm. they were like, there's no penis. We don't understand what's happening. Right. And even within her own community, like, she had other women being like, that didn't really happen. That's not actually whatever. So it's unfortunate, like, as we're talking about consent, no means no the first time, yes means yes. But even when you're saying no in certain communities, it's still like, oh, but you didn't really mean it. Right. Yeah, that's a really big... <laughs> That is a huge problem that, like you were saying, we need to redefine what rape encompasses. Yes. It's a lot more than what it currently, how it currently stands. Yeah. And even in doing research for this, uh, even in Georgia, looking at the laws, it's still a specific about penis. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very disheartening, um, especially like state laws, because you think, well, obviously this thing is wrong. And perhaps... It will be. It will still be punished, but the law might not like be there. <laughs> it's it's really strange to me how many things that are still really bad, um, still prevalent, dominant, even if we're not aware. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I'm not unaware that we have problems like at all. But there are some that I have like marital rape. Uh, my goodness, yeah. I would assume we've been a lot further away than that. But yeah, nope. <laughs> also, uh, because there are a lot of statistics, you know, about heteronormative or hetero couples, 
I did bring up a few just for the LGBTQIA community, mm-hmm. just to make people aware that it's this, a, this is a problem. Although the study that I'm going to cite from focuses mainly on LGB people, but the CDC's National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey from 2010 showed 44% of lesbians and 61% of bisexual women experience rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner. 46% of bisexual women have been raped. 22% of bisexual women have been raped by an intimate partner. And although it's not broken down, the 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey done by National Center for Transgender Equality found that 47% of transgender people are sexually assaulted at some point in their lifetime. There are... Now, these statistics, other than the transgender survey, are compared to um, cis-hetero women. Uh, you know, but I don't really like that. But, you know, there's, there's not as much data out there. Also, to be clear, this data is old. It's from 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and only focuses on LGB people, so it doesn't take into account all orientations. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of give a glimpse. Like, yeah. This is still an incredibly rampant problem, even though it's like, you know, consent and mainstream media, like it's not shown the same. Yeah. And another thing always we're taking into account when we're talking about stuff like this is um, it's the most underreported crime. So yeah, it's probably even worse. Almost oh, definitely worse. Definitely worse. <laughs> also, because if you take a little bit of a side note, but if, when you take consent out of it, there's also some of this is hate crime too. So you have yeah. to take that into account. So it does get a little bit more complex in that aspect. Yeah. A couple of weekends ago, I was I was harassed by a woman. This is the second time it's happened to me. It's and weird. It, it was very strange. Like, I almost was had a surreal dream like, am I asleep? <laughs> Where am I? It didn't help that I was at a bar that was very, <laughs> very strange. Like, it had that vibe of, like, I am in Twin Peaks right now. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> as to, like, okay. Yeah, and I, I remember just, I turned around and said, I'm going home to, like, everybody, <laughs> everybody at the bar. <laughs> they were all like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people understand. Women can be just as aggressive, sometimes even more so. And it's yeah. it's a little... Frightening. I mean, it is frightening. Not a little. It's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very just taken aback by the whole thing. Um, Something else that is frightening is our media and rape culture. Um, I was reading a HuffPo piece about it, and the author of it encouraged everyone to stop for a minute and think about the term rape culture. The definition of culture is, by the way, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. So rape culture. It, yeah. It is worth pausing to think about how terrible that is. Um, Peggy Reeve Sandy wrote in A Woman Scorned, quote, Rape is an expression of social ideology of male dominance. We live today, she asserts, in a climate that encourages male sexual license and violence against women and discourages female sexual autonomy and agency. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, we see this everywhere. You you are like my, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of in a weird <laughs> bubble of like very particular media entertainment, but I'm not in the like popular bubble. <laughs> oh no, I like thrive. I'm like, what's I? I'm ashamed to admit I watched two seasons of like 45 minute, eight episode per season. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Hulu show on Sunday. That was my whole day. 
I mean, that sounds like a lovely day. Um, before this is another thing. Before we get into all of your your expertise in uh, media knowledge, um, I do want to say that I had to learn a lesson. With um, I'm someone who likes to just do stuff all the time. So if you say I've always wanted to do this, I'll be like, let's do it. And I've had to learn that when people say like they want to come over and watch a movie, I would be like, okay, cool. Let's watch that movie. I've never seen it. They definitely meant something else. And it makes me sad because now if somebody says, oh, I'd love to come over and watch this movie, I'll be like, mm, maybe not. Are you talking about Netflix and chill? Not necessarily, but yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, just yeah. like the whole idea of me thinking, I just want to watch this movie. It is not, it meant something else. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. I have to be very specific. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like a good friend or something where it's like, let's watch this movie. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I've even said before to somebody, as long as we're doing it, it's just friends. Didn't stop him. Anyway. (laughs) So let's talk about some of these examples. Um, One that when we were writing this was really blowing up in the news was the Netflix show You. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I actually, when I started researching this, I... This is the first article that popped up, and I went home and had to binge it because I was like, I need to know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't seen you, I'm sorry. There are going to be spoilers because it's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but basically, have you have you seen it? No, but I my phone was like, <laughs> all these people think the guy is sexy, but he's really creepy. Yeah, and even he's had to come out and be like, hey, no, you're not supposed to root for my character. He's bad yeah so he plays um the the two main characters are the guys joe goldberg in the show and her Mm -hmm. name is guinevere beck in the show and basically he is stalking her to get her to date him but the reason why it's a huge issue right now is because of the way that the show is done so they tell you the story through his perspective so you hear him while you see things going on and like it's like oh because everyone calls her beck um it's like oh i know what's best for you beck i'm going to take care of you i'm going to whatever so even though there's a scene of him jacking off in the bushes across from her apartment with her like window open people still like it's like people gloss over it it didn't happen Mm -hmm. um but it makes him seem like he's sweet and endearing but it's like no he's stalking he takes her phone he get breaks into her place he does all this stuff but simultaneously and this is where i think people struggle a bit Mm -hmm. he has um his next door neighbors are uh these this mom and her boyfriend who are who fight he's abusive but she's also strung out on drugs, and so the kid is always in the hallway by himself, and so Joe is always, like, bringing the kid books, trying to take care of the kid, whatever, so it's, like, here's this, like, sweet side. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a little... It's a little hard. Like, when I was watching, I had to sit there and be like, no, Miranda, he's bad. <laughs> um, and at the very end, he does end up murdering his girlfriend. Oh, my god. So goodness. he's a murderer as well. Okay. And he also murders her best friend, and he also murders a couple other people. Yeah, he sounds bad. Yeah, he's very, very bad. But they make the character likable. And that's mm-hmm. why, like, people are like, I know it's bad, but it's like, whatever, because the things he's doing is romanticized. It's, oh, but let me take care of you so you don't have to do it, or let me do whatever. But it's extreme emotional manipulation as yeah. well as stalking. And, like, even though as far as consent goes, like, when she does say no about something, he'll listen, but then he'll do some tactic to try to get back in there. Mm. Yeah. That, huh. That makes me think of um, 
I've put a lot of an almost embarrassing amount of thought into things like Twilight. Yes. And why why are we women like attracted to pretty much like monster stalky behavior? And I think it might be a couple of things, but romanticizing the fact that this person loves you so much, they'll do anything. And it's like that. It's like romanticizing boys will be boys. Yes. Essentially. It's saying like, oh, well, he did this terrible thing, but it's because he couldn't help it because he loves me. No. No. It's, no. It's bad. Also, like, I noticed, like, if you really, really like someone and they do something kind of weird, mm-hmm. you're, you tend to let it slide because it's like, oh. But if you don't like someone as much and they do the exact same thing, then you're automatically like, that's creepy. Yes. So it's like. Well, we were talking about how you can't yeah. find a good example of, well, not too many good examples of, like, this happening for a female if it was reversed. Oh, gender yeah. Gender swapped. And I also, I've, <laughs> I have read a lot of fan fiction. You see stuff like this all <laughs> the time in fan fiction. And fan fiction is like the place people go to figure out their sexuality. It was for me anyway. <laughs> um, so it's just like kind of disheartening. And I, I hope that people work through those things. Yeah. But I also think that the whole like monster aspect is because that for so long we have been taught as women that we have no sexual agency. So there's something about, like, I, the female character, can't say yes. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know how because she's you, and you don't know how to say yes. So you want this, like, monster character that loves you so much, and boys will be boys, and it's really terrible narrative. Yeah, and I can also see it factoring in desirability. Like, if they're willing yeah. to do anything for you, you're that much more desirable. Exactly. That's not the case. <laughs> and it's like a form of power, but really it's incredibly disempowering for both everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I have a lot of thoughts on, I would love to do an episode <laughs> on like, women attracted to monsters. Um, but, it reminds me of this year, uh, I brought on a friend who was like, well versed in Christmas movies and holiday movies. <laughs> and we were discussing um, Baby It's Cold Outside. And uh, on the Seth Meyers show, Amber Ruffin did like an update of it. <laughs> and she was like, I really can't stay. And the guy said, okay. And that was the end of the song. (laughs) Oh, I like that. (laughs) That's actually great. Cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, Another example, I haven't seen this movie, even though I was on the Ryan Gosling train when I was nine years old. I wrote him a letter and I dotted all the I's with hearts because he was on this show called Young Hercules. So don't even be talking to me about no Ryan Gosling. But no, I've not seen the notebook. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I might. How have you not seen that movie? I couldn't get over Young Hercules. He's always Young Hercules to me. No. Oh, I'm so like, because this is like the well, society's epitome of like romance. Like, I know. <laughs> okay. So I hope all of y'all have seen the Notebook. <laughs> I think they have. But I'm sorry because I I'm think gonna... I'm literally the only one. <laughs> Wow. Um, So, yes, The Notebook is unfortunately also a really big component of uh, perpetuating rape culture and not listening when someone says no the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's specifically the the main, like, and there's a lot of articles about this, so, you know, I'm sure this isn't the first time you've heard it, but... Ryan Gosling's character, when he's hanging, he's hanging off a Ferris wheel. Mm -hmm. Rachel McAdams' character has already told him no. 
Um, and so they're at a fair, and he thinks it would be romantic to, as, like, the Ferris wheel is moving, to climb up on the Ferris wheel, which could have hurt everybody, mm-hmm. and then to hang down with two hands in front of her asking her out. And she says no, and he's like, if you don't go out with me, I'm, I'm going to drop. And he goes down to one hand and basically coerces her into saying yes. And it is seen as this huge romantic gesture. Yeah. And it's not. No. No. Was the, like, crowd on the Ferris wheel, were they like, say yes? I'm sure they were. Honestly, it's been a while since I watched it. But I do that one specific scene, and it's, Mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, it was seen as, like, oh, my goodness. And, like, no. 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 Yeah, that would just... I would be very afraid around that person what they would try to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like red flag for emotional manipulation. You know, I wonder if, because um, if I watch a movie, movies from like my parents' generation when I go home, it's usually uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it is in this like, oh, wow, that's not okay anymore. Yeah. Um, and it, But it was romantic. I wonder if like, couple decades from now, people watch The Notebook and be like, whoa, <laughs> that is not romantic. I can't believe they thought that See was See how it ages. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. I wonder what people will say. Because hmm. people have pointed this out before, but it still doesn't seem to have lost its steam, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we talked about it a little bit in um, our Stalking as Romance episode. We also talked about Say Anything. Songs. Blurred Lines is... The perfect example. Yes. Um, also, my one of my least favorite songs ever. Every breath you take. I hate <laughs> that song. I thought it was creepy. Like the first time I heard it, it's like eight years old. I was like, "This is not good. He's gonna <laughs> co- he's gonna kill her." <laughs> is no one else concerned? <laughs> but it's seen as a romantic. You can't you can't go on without her. Oh no, that's no, that's terrifying. It is. Um, but the point being. This is everywhere. We see it all the time, and it normalizes rape culture. Um, And culturally, we have set these expectations that men are entitled to attention from women. And see Cardi B in Offset. I I do know some of the (laughs) pop culture that's happening. Um, Catcalling. I still want to get a shirt that says, it's just my face for how many times I've been told by a man, which is several a week. That I'd look prettier if I smiled. I get that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that women actually want the attention and that they're playing hard to get. I just want you to leave me alone. Yeah, I really just want to go about my day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all. Um, and there, we even see this in popular sayings, like, don't take no for an answer, go get her, tiger, or the plot of video games where Peach is your freaking prize. Uh, we don't respect women. We sexualize them. We view them as objects. It is a huge problem yes yeah yes i think every episode we end with this is a social problem of not respecting women and it's infiltrated our systems and we're gonna have to change everything from the bottom (laughs) up it's a big ask but we need to get about doing it yeah one day at a time yeah um in the episode bridget and i did around stalking being romanticized (laughs) One of the many popular pieces of media when it comes to a man courting women is that, uh, and that is unfortunately the story we see most of the time, the formula is man wants woman, woman says no, man persists, woman says no, he persists harder, man is rewarded with woman. Hmm. Also the term that he's rewarded. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean that, especially, oh, like the 80s. I mean. 16 Candles? Yeah. Yeah. 
Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, it's all bad. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Um, But yeah, again, because women are objects with no agency, that it's just this, I'll wear her down and she'll be my prize. Here for your viewing pleasure. Right. Hashtag trophy wife. (laughs) (laughs) A shirt, another shirt to be made. Um, And another thing is, kind of going along with a lot of what we've been saying is that women are kind of expected to resist sexual encounters and to have less of an input on the ultimate decision. And this is, it's such a big problem because, I mean, no means no, yes means yes. But I feel like for women, it's difficult to say yes as well. But... Yeah, <clears throat> because of that whole, like, a bit of the slut-shaming. Because if you're saying yes, and it's like, how many other people have you said yes to? Exactly. I, it's just something, especially when you're younger, I think, that it's a struggle. And I remember, because I was raised in a really religious household, um, and a lot of times I would, like, want to have sex, and then I would get to the moment, and I couldn't do it. Because uh, I feel like, I just feel like the shame all of a sudden. Oh, Yeah. So we're not really talking too much about that here, but I do think that is another issue. Another is aspect of it. We don't... Basically, we're not giving women equal say in this whole, like, sex decision. Which is... We're like... <laughs> we're ashamed if you, if you have sex, if you want to have sex, but if you don't want to have sex, you're also shamed. You just can't win. No, you no. can't win. I feel like I say that all the time. and I I I was telling you that I've had a male friend say to me before he would never date a woman that made the first move because he would think it was too aggressive that's just ridiculous I know like I I also told you I got called aggressive um the other day at a bar because Mm -hmm. I was explaining um a past relationship to someone and the guy was like but he was also one of those hashtag him too guys so Uh. I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but when I was dating men before Neil was out, I was all, most of the time making the first move. And also, now that I'm out, what would lesbians do? <laughs> Is that like... Do you yeah. have to, yeah, just... The first person you accidentally brush against. <laughs> like, oh, hey. That's it. That's it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and it, like... And especially, like, when it comes talking about, like, media and and the no means no and consent and everything else, I think it is harder sometimes in the queer community because queer people are, you know, as women are hypersexualized, but it's, like, super hypersexualized as well. Um, there's this quote from this article from Autostraddle. Autostraddle is a, basically a lesbian online publication that I really enjoy and, and like to check out their stuff, but... Someone was talking about how rape jokes sound inside queer bodies, and they have this quote from the article that says, Our heteronormative culture hypersexualizes queer and trans women and gender nonconforming people while stripping us of sexual agency and denying the legitimacy of our sexuality. This makes sexual violence against us seem semantically impossible, even though it's rampant. Yeah. And I feel like everything we've talked about, that really wraps it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read that article that you shared it with me, and it was very, it was it was a good read, a difficult read, but a good read. Yeah, difficult but good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just as an example, uh, another article from that same site talks about uh, 
Also, y'all should know I'm a huge nerd. I love comics and superheroes. Me too. <laughs> but it talks about one episode of uh, or one issue of Catwoman, and this was like from 2014, so it's been a few years. But how um, she was fighting this villain who was a female vampire, and in the issue, the villain rapes um, Batwoman. I think I might have said Catwoman, Batwoman, mm-hmm. and. It's an issue because, one, it's two men who made this comic. But, Mm -hmm. two, it reinforces that lesbians or woman-on-woman or anything is sexy, and it's for the male gaze. So it trivializes the legitimacy of any of it, which also adds to, like, well, if it's not real, then how could it be rape? Yeah. Um, There's another something similar. Um, I think it was Captain Marvel, and she was raped and got pregnant. And it was kind of like this, you know, mind thing. You know, comics are weird. But she was raped and she got pregnant. And everyone was like, well, at least you got a baby. Yeah, this is great news. Like all of the other characters. Oh my yeah, because she got pregnant. And she was like really sad and depressed and crying. And they were like, cheer up. You've got a baby on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know how old it is. Um, but it's. um Wow. Yeah. If you've ever read that article, um, The Princess is Not Near Castle, uh, he, he talks about it in, in there. So it's very upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, on that note, we have a little bit more for you. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. 
In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. One thing that we wanted to touch on before we close out here is the fact that saying no can be scary. And I've spoken a lot about um, de-escalation, socialization, and how we value women or don't, um, how we don't respect or listen to women. I have story after story of my own, and I know friends of mine who have story after story, especially if you work in, like, um, service industry. Which I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then a lot of times you know... There is the potential for this to escalate very quickly um, and for violence and anger. So maybe you'll kind of jokingly laugh off something that you want to say no to, but you know that there's a risk that it will get way worse. Yeah. And actually, uh, Margaret Atwood, one of her best, best quotes, in my opinion, is, men are afraid, women will laugh at them. Women are afraid, men will kill them. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a very real thing. Which can make it hard to say no. And if you, I mean, that's another thing that I think as women, um, we might just take for granted, but you should pause and think about that, that, that there's something in your brain that's trying to protect you from being murdered. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Or the fact that it's something that you have to think about, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like you can't just say no and... Take it at that. You always have to take into account, though, okay, what's the situation? Where am I at? Who am I talking to? A, B, C, and D. You have to go through a whole list of things. Yeah. You can't just say no. No. Even if you want to. Even if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I was reading a Harper's Bazaar article, and, and one of it, she starts off the article um, with basically some statistics about women getting killed by men. Uh, But it says, one in three women are victims of domestic violence, and in 55% of cases where women are murdered, domestic violence is involved. In 93% of those cases, the perpetrator is their husband or boyfriend or an intimate partner. And before someone says, but women kill their male partners too. Yes, they do. 2% of the time. And we, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little, little uneven. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense to, you know, why it can be hard. And another reason is uh, social status, desirability. Our status is based on how much someone wants us. So mm-hmm. it's like if we say no and someone gets angry and they're like, oh, well, you don't mean anything. Well, you're, you know, a bitch or whatever. And all of a sudden it's like you're, you don't have any worth anymore because you said no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, during, like, a, a year period of my life when I would say no, people almost always would say to me, if I was Brad Pitt, you'd say yes. I was like, that's interesting. That's not a guarantee. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's not, and also, like, huh. <laughs> that says a lot about you, I was sir. <laughs> Brad Pitt is, like, your person. I'm like, oh, huh. okay. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, a little concerned about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's a shame because I, I, 
I just expect to, if I go out, that I will at some point be harassed and I will at some point be yelled at. No, it actually happened to me. I go out a lot on my own. I'm Mm -hmm. very independent. And also, I don't think I need someone to go sit at a bar. Like, I like to sit and, like, just, you know, do whatever. Have a couple drinks. Go home. Uh, I went to a bar frequent often. And uh, this guy beside me was like, I mean, he was really drunk. So at first, you know, I gave him that benefit of a doubt when he tried to talk to me. And I was like, you know, man, just trying to do my own thing. Hit leave me alone. I was like, hey, man, really don't want to, you know, no. Wouldn't leave me alone. And it started to escalate to the point where, like, and I don't like saying this, but it was like I am talking because he's like, who are you talking to? Because I was on my phone. I was like, a woman. Because he like, who's that guy you talking to? He's a like, guy you talking to. I was like, I'm talking yeah. to a woman. Mm-hmm. It's not really any of his business, but I'm like, hopefully this, like, he'll leave me alone. It actually made it worse. He started calling us Darlene from Roseanne as an insult. Wow. Um, and then... I, I, and, like, everyone around me could see I was getting visibly upset because at one point I turned to him. I was like, I got just laid it down. I was like, dude, I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And then what he proceeded to do is pick up his glass, like, of a shot. And he's like, cheers me first. Cheers me first. Like, me saying no and asking for my own space. Like, right. no, it had to be on your terms, not mine. And it just was this huge situation that completely escalated. You can tell by my body language. Like, I am being very vocal. The people behind me are paying attention. No one's doing anything, which they shouldn't have to do. But at that point, I was like, he's not listening to me. Yeah. So, and then he goes outside. And then I have to, like, pass him to walk to my car. And I was scared. I didn't go back to that bar again for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> no means no the first time. Right. Yeah. It's not that hard, y'all. It shouldn't be. <laughs> but apparently we have a lot of work to do. And, again, I think sex ed is a great step. We need to have these conversations with young people about um, their their lives and sex and what's going on with their lives. And I also, I, again, I, we don't teach anything about sex, but what we do barely touch on is that you can get these diseases. I want people to be comfortable, like, I want them to know no means no, but also if you want to have sex, then yes means yes, and be comfortable with that. But it has to be an informed, educated decision. We're not, we're failing the young people in our country. We're failing everybody in our country. Because, I mean, it's not like you <laughs> magically learn it all. <laughs> I could benefit from some good sex education, to be honest. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I agree. And also teaching kids, um, you know, when they're young, both yeah. boys and girls, like, hey, yep. hey you know, be responsible for your behavior. So, yeah. Communication, as uh, in general, I think that's just good advice. Communication. <laughs> I think that's like the baseline. Oh, yeah, you it's like just that would be good. Listen to people. Learn. It's. I mean, it can be scary to voice things that you. It can be, and it can also be uncomfortable to ask sometimes if you're not used to it. Yeah, you know. So, you know, as you're learning, but it's good on both ends to ask and also to say like if you're asked or just to tell people in general yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. always communication right. <laughs> <laughs> we're on board with communication here <laughs> so talking about communication i i date a lot y'all should know this so um yeah lots of stories but i uh hooked up with someone recently um and while we were hooking up First of all, they asked from the beginning, can I kiss you? 
Yes. And then, you know, we got into actually having sex. And every little bit through it, because this was a new partner, every little bit through it, they would say, is this okay? Is this okay? And at first I was like, yeah, like we're in the middle of doing this. Of course it's okay. And then I realized they were just checking in because it's a new partner. So you don't necessarily know all the things that are or not okay. And then I was like, whoa, this is super consensual sex. And this is great. I like (laughs) (laughs) really was like this. I was all about it after like once I realized what was happening, I was like, oh my goodness, you're being like really conscious. Loved it. Y'all, it doesn't take any romance on sex. She makes it a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. And finally, yes. The big one. Total societal shift. Easy. Uh, Respecting women, respecting people in general, listening, treating people like people. Yeah. (laughs) Let's. We can do it. The basic human respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all we're asking for. Seems like it should be simple. (laughs) But. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Miranda. Yes, thanks for having me. Yes, we will be hearing from you again. Uh, I can't wait to hear your Ariana Grande thoughts. (laughs) I have so many thoughts. You do, you do. I'm very excited. Where can people find you in the meantime? You can find me online on The Monster if you want to listen. That's, you know, not even a subtle shout out. Um, (laughs) And you can also find me on Twitter at KnoxKNOX underscore Hawkins, H-A-W-K-I-N-S. There you go. Yeah. And if you would like to write into this show, you can. Our email is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can also find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Instagram at stuff I'm never told you. Thanks as always to our producer, Andrew Howard. And thanks to you for listening. <laughs>